going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Yes, yes, yes. We're back again with another episode of the VAR Bar Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with the most, Andrew, and I'm here with the gang. How are we doing, guys? Yo, yo, yo. We here. We're good, yeah? Jake, how are you doing, fella? Bad. Excellent week. Bad. Bad week. Without further, without further ado, let's start addressing the elephant in the room. Obviously, the FA Cup final happened um, last night in front of a crowd in Wembley. Leicester ended up beating Chelsea 1-0 to claim their second trophy in five years. But before I go to you, Jake, let me let me chat to Munya. And I wanted to start with JB Vardy. Obviously, slowly but surely solidifying his legacy in the English game. Premier League and FA Cup winner. So surely Vardy is more deserving of an MBE over Harry Kane. He's won nothing. Like, all right, let, let me take off my Arsenal hat. Um, Harry Kane's a great striker. Like, we all know that. Let's let's not chat shit. But uh, what Vardy has done, the come up is mad. I'm yeah. sorry, but he's he's first in line ahead of Kane from playing what National League or something like that. Like, you know, the National League. Mm. And man's now. Oh, I, saw, oh, I saw a mad stat that he's played all the rounds of FA Cup. This is including the ones where the teams have to Where it starts in August, isn't it? <laughs> where you, you have to qualify to even just get into the uh, into the FA Cup. And man's now done the FA Cup and um, the, the league. Like, probably the two biggest trophies in England. Yeah. Uh, he deserves his accolades, man, because I'm, I'm sorry. The, the fact is, from now till he does it, until Kane has any medals to the table, he 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 ain't on the he ain't on the queue. In, in my eyes, and I know some people may disagree, Jamie Vardy is is is, is ahead of Kane getting MBE. I th- I think also the Jamie Vardy story, as you said, is also very inspirational for like aspiring footballers because obviously you you hear a lot of them um, where like a lot of them by the age of 18, 19, they get released from the academies and then they're kind of in the limbo, but. Jamie Vardy should just show you that you should just keep going, man. As long as you've got the talent and the passion for it, keep going. Because that guy didn't blow until, what, 25? 25, 26? He's a late burner. He's a late burner. Bro, so... And, and sorry, just obviously not go ahead. Like, people may say, okay, look, take take off the club medals. I mean, what, what has... What has um, Jamie Vardy got that Harry ain't got? Because I'm pretty sure they've both won um, Golden Boot, the, the biggest one, obviously, for the Premier League. Um, I've seen that Jamie Vardy was like listed eighth once for the Ballon d'Or. I've never seen Kane even on the Ballon d'Or. Like, wait, Jamie Vardy made top ten. Yeah, nah, yeah, he made it in 2006 when they obviously won the Premier League. Um, what do what do other people think? 2016. Yeah, I want to hear other people. I know there's yeah. people. That... Obviously, you know where I've been standing on this one, Andy. That, um, Remove your Arsenal goggles. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, obviously, Kane's talent is like Munya said, but in terms of legacy, you know what I mean? Well, um, for Vardy to win the Premier League after um, the season before just uh, narrowly escaping, um, what's it called, relegation, that was like, you know, the biggest story in sports history. And then now again, for Leicester to collect FA Cup, you know, you, you might know how I feel about FA Cup. And I'm just going to say, everyone's bigging up Leicester for winning FA Cup, but you know, they don't keep the same energy when it's Arsenal. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, um, Jamie Vardy's legacy, Premier League legacy, has been solidified for a while now. And now he's just, you know, in the English game. 
uh, proven, man, that he's a top top player. And um, yeah, he's winning things for his for for his team. So for his team, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, press. Um, like in the last couple of seasons, Leicester has consistently challenged for for the top four spots. Although um, sometimes they'd be flattering to deceive towards the end. But if we if we if we keep it a buck. Can we call them a top six or a big six club, especially now after this FA Cup win? And if we do, who, who drops out? Uh, I think we can. I think we can call them a, a big six club or a top six club, should I say, not big six. Um, I think they've consistently shown um, for the majority of the time that they've been back in the Premier League that they are a competitive team. Uh, they spend uh, They spend well. Uh, I think... Uh, they brought in some pieces to kind of keep the momentum going in terms of sort of their place in the Premier League and improving and, and progressing year on year. Um, I think um, if I, I mean, for now I'm going to say Arsenal. And this isn't this isn't uh, we're not talking big six because we have we we talk about our uh, traditional big six. We know who they are, but in terms of top six teams, um, I, I'd say Arsenal are the ones um, are the ones to drop out for now. I I would actually say Spurs, you know, personally. And the reason why I say Spurs is because Spurs ain't won shit. Like okay. they they've literally yeah. won nothing. I, I hear that, but are we talking about league? Because yeah, I, think I mean, got, if we if we're talking about league positions, um, yeah, Tottenham mm. have consistently been finishing above Arsenal. So wait, they've been finishing above us, but is it is it is it is it, is it Tottenham versus Arsenal? Or are we talking about Tottenham against everyone else in the league? This is nah, why I think this is why I think Arsenal are the team to drop off. Mm. Yeah, keeping our bark in the no ats. It's just I think, yeah. I hear that. Yeah, I I, I personally would drop drop out Spurs, man, because mm-hmm. I, I I think that Spurs have. Oh, what, I leave Arsenal in the top six. Yeah, the reason for the reason for that is that obviously Arsenal. First of all, Arsenal's a bigger club than Spurs, and secondly, yes, Spurs have been finishing above Arsenal for the past couple of seasons. Yes. But Spurs is kind of like I see them as like uh, making up a numbers kind of team now. They don't they don't do anything beyond beyond what they do like finishing fourth. They finish second. I think maybe second. They finish third once as well. Like this is what, and, this and that's is, just this it. Is why but I they're separa- not. This they're is not why really... I separated it between between yeah, big yeah, six and top it. six. I made it. I made that distinction yeah. because we know we know the traditional big six. Arsenal are going to be in that all the time. But do you know, do you know now, what my argument is, and my argument always be this is. If you actually think about out, being outside the top, finishing outside the top six, it's only happened once. It's going to happen again yeah. this season. Yeah, so twice. I, I, I just don't. It's, it's going to be twice this season, basically. But I just don't get how so quickly you're like out, you go. Whereas a team like Spurs hadn't been like, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah. that's Spurs, like, but Spurs in the last like, think, six years. How many times have they finished outside the top four? Not many times, to be honest. Is that, so not many times. I don't know. Yeah. Also. The, Top six, what are you saying here? Because I thought it was top six, not top four. All right, boy, Jake, man. Ben Chilwell, brother. And then Vaughn said, nah. <laughs> Chat to me, bro. How did you experience the FA Cup final? Because I'm sure you thought, yeah, this is our first trophy for the season. Uh, yeah, going into the game, I expected us to win. Let's, I'll be completely honest. And the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought we looked good. We were on the front foot. We were pressing. We didn't create anything 
I've noticed, but we didn't really let Leicester get into that game for the starting period. And then we just came off the accelerator. We were so negative, I felt. I felt we were we didn't have a plan in possession. Like Rudiger, whenever he got the ball, would just seem to try and get it over the top to Werner, but Leicester were too deep for that. I was I was really disappointed, to mm. say the least. I think Tielemann's goal, Tuchel called it lucky at, at the end in his press his post match. Yeah, he was he was rattled, man. He yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't lucky. Let's be fair. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think Leicester created that much outside of it. So in that definition, you could say it's lucky. But when you give someone of his talent that much it's just USB, in it? Yeah. Yeah, like you're, you're the trouble and cracking goal. Absolutely mm. cracking goal. And side note, it was amazing to actually hear the fans celebrate it. Like, yeah. Like that was missed. Like I was sat there <laughs> at the end yeah. and you're hearing the whistles going for like four minutes and I'm sat there going, I hate how much I love this. Because <laughs> that is a proper fans thing instead of faked pumped in noise. But anyway, um yeah, Chelsea, it was really frustrating to see us as soon as the goal goes <laughs> in, actually try and be ambitious with the ball, actually start pushing men forward. Mm. Um I think Tuchel's plan to put Reese at right centre-back and then Dave right wing-back backfired because although Reese was good defensively and I think that actually helps his England case if Gareth Southgate wants to go to a back five then he could see Reese at right centre-back but we were so negative in attack like it was so predictable what we'd do there was just no threat going down that side so yeah honestly I mean So you think Leicester, Leicester all in all were good value because obviously you're your manager didn't agree. He thought Leicester were very lucky, as you I said earlier. But I'll put it this way: we didn't deserve to win it. Mm. I don't think Leicester. I don't think Leicester could sit there and go, "Yeah, we were brilliant," without a doubt. Like, like I said, apart from that Tielemans strike, it's not as if they were creating chance after chance. They, for me, they didn't do a lot offensively, but they disrupted us mm. and they took their opportunity when it came to them. So play some credit to them. I'm not going to take away from it, but I don't think Leicester were great value for it. It was a tight game decided by one moment of magic. So, but we didn't do enough to win the game. Like I think I saw a lot of Chelsea fans complaining about Tielemann's goal, how it could have been given handball. Mm-hmm. Obviously the offside decision for Chilwell's goal was extremely tight. That was so tight, man. Like, give him the benefit of doubt, man. But for <laughs> me, my thing has always come to, and I've tried to always be like this, for the most part of my Chelsea fandom, is be good enough to win without the ref's help. Yeah. You can't be relying on the ref to win you a game. And if you're not showing enough ambition for most of the game until you're actually behind, you don't really, des- you don't really deserve it. So I'm annoyed at my own team for not wanting to win enough. You can't go into an FA Cup final and really play like that, especially your first time in front of fans in a year. Like they deserved more. It was just, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed. I re- I really am. I think that was there was just a couple of decisions across the pitch. A lot of players went missing. Like Mount, you know, we all know how much I love Mason Mount. I didn't really hear much. Oh, about- that shot he had though, the Casper yeah. Schmeichel save towards the end. I mean, Schmeichel was immense. Like we considered going for Cash for Michael when we bought Kepa. What, what do we think of him? Like, sorry to dive over. What do we think oh, of him uh, as a goalie? Uh, uh, top, top keeper, man. Top, top keeper. Not his dad, obviously. Got a lot he's to live lost, up to. But if his dad didn't exist, we probably wouldn't be because there's always going to be that underlying comparison in it. But 
Like, I think he's a top keeper, man. He's he's made out his own career. Like he has his yeah, own. Facts. He's a Premier League winner and an FA Cup winner. Like he can take that out to the grave. Like fan, he is fantastic keeper, and he he was the reason at the end why Leicester won. Like yeah. fantastic save on that Chilwell header, and then an amazing save on the Mount volley. But I can see why yeah. sometimes he's not rated, rated because he has his moments. I remember there was a spell when he's just really poor. He's a good, he's a good keeper, but I can see why he's not. Like, he doesn't get compared to like the bit like the Allisons. Um, but would you have him over Leno? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. But we like, we've not been able to fill our keeper position since Lehman. So we've yeah, <laughs> brother, let's not start there, man. All right, but obviously, Jake, your 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 disappointment did not start. On Saturday, um, because you had a midweek game against your city rivals Arsenal as well, which made everything a lot more complicated in regards to top four. Um, kind of still in your hands um, if you if you win your remaining games. But how did you feel about that game? Yeah, that loss yeah, against no, Arsenal. I mean, it was, it was very similar to the Leicester game. I think the only difference really was that instead of a moment of magic deciding the game, it was a moment of madness. That <laughs> was all it was. I mean. I I suspect the Arsenal's dis, Arsenal fans disagree, but I don't think they really did that much in the game. Nah. They bended well, but we didn't attack well. And yeah, I mean, it was again, it was just a case of what are we doing? There was just no attacking umph. There was no there was no crisp play in the final third. There was no good build up play. It was again a really frustrating game. And I actually looked back at this because I saw a Chelsea reporter tweet this, and you take the Baku final out which even then we weren't that great. And we haven't played Arsenal well for years now. And What's it, the record, if you know? Uh, well, I mean, the record's good, mm. but it's just the level of performance isn't that good, if you mean. Like, we've been able to describe results. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emirates, we won 2-1 when we scored, like, two, two goals in, what, the last five minutes or something like that? But for 80 minutes, we were shocking. So, again, it was just... um, I Yeah, I'm disappointed. I think... <laughs> We, it's not that we don't, aren't solid. I think we're still solid with the five at the back, but there isn't any attacking umph. Like, I think we're missing Kovacic massively. We're missing his ability to drive from his third to their third with the ball. Right now, we are relying very much on Kante doing that, which don't get me wrong, he very much can, but I don't think he has the dribbling ability or, of Kovacic yeah. or Coutinho passing it there. And obviously, his back pass was awful that was dire because he's just not done the basic thing he's attempt he's trying too much to focus on where the arsenal players that are pressing him are not where kepper is he literally just needs to look up and that pass doesn't happen so yeah it's been from going from a week in which we beat madrid to get to champions league final and then beat city at their own ground to losing to arsenal at our own ground and then losing to Leicester in the fa cup final like you say top fours now a massive thing like we play Leicester on Tuesday and that is I mean that is another cup final redemption season man we have to win that game because okay. if we draw that game we're not making top four because Liverpool's running they should on paper win those games bro you saw today's game man <laughs> I, I did but you like you, you should win those games like, yeah we should on paper you should win those games and so we need Leicester at least we welcome them into our house we need to beat them we need to beat them and then we need to go beat Villa, get top four, and then we work on the final. Yes, sir. Say no more, man. Let's stay tuned for that. 
And let's head over to Manchester then, because obviously United started their free match bender versus Leicester with their fringe players. It ended up in a 2-1 loss, giving um, City their fifth Premier League title. Um, and then obviously the win on the win on Villa on Saturday just all but confirmed you guys are second and there was really nothing to play for. Or there's really nothing to play for in the league for United. Um, but regardless, Char, are you guys disappointed with the back-to-back else at the hands of Leicester and Liverpool? Yeah, no, very. Um, I think it's, um, I think, yeah, it's it's not good. Um, I think any United fan, don't get me wrong, the reality is um, we've all but confirmed where we're going to be in the league, but that's not to, that's not a, a reason as to why the level has, has dropped off as much as it has. Uh, I've been sort of strict, like very much disappointed in the way we've been playing because um, it's not just the two losses. We lost to Roma. I think everyone forgets we lost to Roma. Oh, yeah, so we won the Roma tie. Well. Yeah, um, yeah. But we actually lost the leg. We lost last leg. So we basically lost three games last five, three out of the last five games, which isn't good enough. Um, and I you know, I've, I think all just throughout the whole season, I've been calling games smelly. I've been saying this and saying that. and But pff, we got to buck up our ideas with the final in mind because if, if we just sleep through the next couple of weeks and then we would turn up to the final the way we're playing now, Anything can happen in the final one. So, yeah, bitterly disappointed. Mm. Press, where, where do you think it went wrong in the game versus Liverpool specifically? I mean, was there more needed from your top players for the four ninety minutes? Because you started the game extremely well, in my opinion. Yeah, it started the game really brightly. Uh, obviously, uh, Bruno got the the opening goal. And uh, if I'm honest, from there, I thought that we, um, you know, we would go on to score more. Um, recently, um, you know, results show that we we kind of play better when we go down first. Um, you know, we always seem to, no matter whether it's home or away, we always seem to concede first before we then uh, kick into gear and um, and you know take the game over to win. Um, but yeah, this this time around, we actually uh, went up ahead, and I was I was feeling good. I was feeling uh, confident that you know. Based on sort of recent performances, I know Char alluded to um, the, the the loss uh, to Roma, um, but you know the performances prior to that were were good performances, and even even um, the the Villa performance as well. So um, yeah, I think we we allowed Liverpool back into the game quite soon after they conceded. To be honest, I feel like um, Liverpool didn't let their heads drop. Um, we gave them the opportunity um, to have the ball, to get on the ball like they like to do. Um, we also gave them opportunities through our own errors and mistakes. Um, McFred coming to, uh, to come in under the spotlight again, um, you know, pouring possession, giving the ball away, uh, allowing uh, Liverpool to form attacks. And, you know, Liverpool were just able to find the spaces in behind um, through lacklustre defending. Um, and, yeah, they were deserved winners on the night. Um, no complaints from my end. Obviously, it's mad disappointing, but yeah, no complaints in terms of the result, man. Kenna, I mean, if this game was played on the original day when the protesters stormed the building, do you reckon we would have won? Or at least played a similar game? Or um, I would have hoped so. Um, but I think the way it played out was was surprising of where exactly what Prez said of United started really well. I think me and you, Andrew, we were like, that's one of the worst starts I can remember. Definitely this season. And we've started poorly quite a few games. But then after the the first goal, kind of changed, the tie changed. And football is all about momentum most of the time. And we were on top. 
we went 3-1 up and then I think it was ours to lose after that. And we played well enough and I think everyone can agree we deserved the three points on the day. But yeah, to answer your question, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> but in the majority... Something yeah, tells me we wouldn't, man. Something tells me we would have lost. Yeah. I don't know It why. is what it is. <laughs> But 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 there, there was no. It, it's good under the, the two boys use the excuse of they had a quick run of games. Blah 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 blah. So because what was it ten changes from your last game? So mm. people who came in they were fine. So yeah, it was just a weird game. Uh, I think I, I kept commenting. It was such a weird game of where um, similar to the FA Cup game, in it. It was like spells. Yeah 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 yeah. No one dom. You can't say anyone dominated the game. Like from even a large majority of the game but when you're on top you have to score and we just managed to score more than United when we were on top so it's a change from what's happened to us this season to be fair let, let me stay with you because I remember back in not even back in the day this season and even last season I don't told you guys about Scott McTominay especially Char mm-hmm. and Char swore he was certain this United team and He's I still mean saying. to keep it fair though to keep it fair to keep it fair <laughs> To keep it fair, I see the vision in regards to playing McTominay in the big games. However, and like I said, he's just not good enough. I mean, I remember you, Ken, as well, being on Charles' side in regards to McTominay being... You're basing this on a game against, um, F- hey, against, hey, against hey, Liverpool. Hey, hey. I'm basing on a lot of games. I'm based on a lot of games, bro. I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Carry on, Andy, man. I'm based on a lot of games, man. How do you look at Scott? Because no, I remember me, you rating him as well. I've always been fair. I haven't been a fan, but I think he's okay. He's serviceable. But the issue comes when, of me and Prez, we spoke this a million and one times, is when you have him and Fred, that's when it's magnified. If you put McTominay next, for example, Pogba or a proper centre midfielder, you wouldn't notice McTominay as much. It, he won't be an issue. Mm. But it's a, it's a bigger issue when he's played next to uh, Fred. So when it's, so when it's, shit, when it's shit, shit and shit. Basically, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you don't know. So he's still shit, then. Honestly, I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he's serviceable. He's fine. He's not an issue. He's not gonna win you the league. He's not gonna lose you the league. He's fine. But mm. the issue becomes like exactly what Press said of when you have Fred and McTominay of where you can't beat a press or they're passing to each other like there's no tomorrow, making mistake after mistake. That's when it's an issue. Yeah, agreed. I feel. I feel like I was one of those people who who kind of saw. Um, you know, potential in Scott McTominay to maybe push on to to be something more than more than he is. But I feel like, from my perspective, I feel like he shouldn't be deployed as anything more than a sort of squad player, squad level player. I feel like there's too many there's too many points within games where he hides. And you know, when it comes to like I don't know receiving the ball off, I, I, I feel like a, uh, I'm flogging a dead horse here because I say this all the time, but receiving the ball off the centre backs like as a as a number six or a player in a double pivot is really important to make yourself available to do that. But right. I feel like he doesn't you he know, doesn't do that anymore. But he don't but my, my main issue with him was even when he has the ball, he doesn't make the correct decisions. No, no, and no, that's fine. That well. I, the, the thing is, Prez, if you agree, I see him like you know, uh, PSG away, Anfield away. Scott McTominay will start every single game for me. Mm-hmm. But when you need to play out, when you need a cool head under pressure, when yeah. you need to look after it for 10, 15 minutes, when you need to take the initiative, he's not your not guy. The one. He's not he's the not guy. The one. Not the guy at all. Agreed. Yeah, man. McFred. But anyways, he's, you know, he's done a lot for United. 
And then you know what's funny though, just as yeah, before on, we move on to that, yeah, it's because everything that people have just, just described in terms of when you need someone to look after the ball for 10 minutes, when you need this, when you need that, is what Thiago's that is, and what's that done for Liverpool this season? Okay, moving on. Uh, okay. Tabs, <laughs> my point exactly. Moving on, <laughs> moving on exactly. Tabs, a lot, no. is being, a lot is being said about um, our defender, Nat Phillips. And him not being up to par with the demands of top flight football, right? right, right. Um, but so far for me, it seemed that he's done more right than wrong for Liverpool. Um, but from the outside looking in, how have you viewed him? Um, I feel like he's had, you know, like you said, a bit of good games and then bad games. But I guess it also comes like with learning the game. And I think just when you just trust him to let him get on with it, now it's not so much of a big deal. If, if you're watching Liverpool, whereas I think before when there was no trust in him, everyone was constantly just looking at Liverpool's defence. And I think it's also helped for like when Fabinho's gone in midfield for Liverpool, like him playing in his natural position is actually like made these guys at the back like give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's just my opinion from the outside looking in. Um, but obviously, obviously he's not obviously he's not a world beater, but yeah, again, he's he's done the job, I'd say, towards... You know, if, if, if I ask this, I'll put it a different way of where I'm actually a fan of Phillips and I've, I've said it quite often of where I'll ask people, he made a mistake against United 100% and he wasn't great today. However, I think he's done like really well. And as a centre-back, I was a fan of Fabinho beforehand playing centre-back. But I think Phillips has been miles better than Fabinho at centre-half than Fabinho of where now I'm looking at it of where I'm more than comfortable going into next season with Phillips as our, realistically our fourth choice. Oh, this guy. But I wouldn't want us to spend, for example, no, no, no Chuck, my logic is realistically, we're going to need a fourth centre-back. It's Kabak and Phillips. There's no point paying 20 million for Kabak when we have Phillips. Yes, there's, no dif- there's no difference between them of where you're going, oh, let's pay 20 million for the sake of it. And then let me ask you this, Prez, you're a bit more objective. Compare, <laughs> um, compare Phillips and uh, Bayi. Who's done better this season? Nat Phillips bro, and Eric Bailly. Yeah, bro, there's no difference. I'm not saying he's better than Bailly. That's not what I'm saying. Let him answer, no man. You're asking a question, you're asking for him. That's, that's Kenneth's bag, bro. No, no, no. But in performances, now I'm comparing performances. I'm not saying ability-wise. That's two completely different things. But Phillips has been fine. He's been, I think, actually good more than anything. When we come to rating our players at the end of the season, Phillips comes towards the top. Maybe it's how bad we've been, 100%. But he, he, he's been good, man. I've, I've liked him. Mm. Any anything to add to that press or no? I mean, uh, for me, it's Bai hasn't for the performances that Bai's been in the team for. I feel like Bai's done um, somewhat well for the majority of the for majority of the time. Um, he's obviously had his injury spells that has kept him sidelined for for quite some time. Um, but yeah, I haven't had far probably the the six one fashion we took to Tottenham at home. Um, there aren't many performances that I can say Bai has been shockingly bad. Like I think that, that Bai has actually saved us points as well at numerous points uh, points in the season as well. So I, I'm, I, I can't I can't say say that you know Phillips has been better than Bai this season. No. Alright, cool, Kenna. Let me stay with you because obviously uh, today we had a Sadio and Bobby flop, a Thiago masterclass. To be fair, West Brom got robbed, and Allison world-class header so top four is officially in our hands now so based based just based on from january onwards would this represent success 
if we reach top four? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> this is... Uh, we, we don't deserve top four, honestly. Like, objectively, we do not. However, if we can manage to kind of get something out of nothing, all right, it's it's not even minimum expectations top four. We, we should be comfortable right now of where, okay, we're not going to win the league, but let's start planning for next season. That's that's the mode. We should be... Man, what Man United are in now, that's what we should be doing, of where we're like, ah, it doesn't matter. We've got almost... Oh, we can start planning for next season. But we have to get top at the four, same. Uh, yeah, at the to. same time, we have, we have to get. To. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Hi, right, man. So let's let's chat to the to our good fellas over in North London. Then, um, the Arsenal back to back wins, book versus West Brom and Chelsea, respectively. The Chelsea game in in particular, um, I thought Arsenal were very unimpressive. But you still book you still book the uh, dub against your City rivals, uh, Mitch. I mean, yeah. does that does that basically sum up your season? Um, yeah, inconsistency. To be fair, um, I think the performance wasn't wasn't amazing at all. But when you get to a game like that, it's like the FA Cup final. To be honest, you just want to you just want to win. To be honest, you just want to win. Get a win. Um, so I'd say I'd say yeah, that was that was just basically a mirror of our whole season where we just, we just just don't look good we're trying to get these lucky goals and it was a lucky goal in the end of it anyway a complete mistake from Jorginho um and obviously Smith Rowe who I thought was brilliant best player on the pitch actually to be fair um for both teams mm. um and obviously yeah he was he was the, the standout player for our standout performance um the only shining light out of it to be fair because we were just we were just hanging on yeah, <laughs> it just wasn't good, but yeah, I, I think it sort of it sums up our season. We there was a point where last December where we were losing every. I think we were just losing and losing and losing every game, and at one point I thought Arteta was going to go, but he's obviously come back. And actually, there was a stat that came out um, that's been coming out in the last week from all these Arsenal Twitter pages that I follow. Where since I think since the turn of the year. Um, we're third in the league or, or something like that. Um, it shows just the difference from what how we were playing with the how well, bad in terms of in terms of points collected. Yeah, how bad we were playing in the first half of the season. I think people forget that we were awful. We were yeah. so bad. Um, so I think that's obviously that's caught up with us now. And also, just the standard of the league this year just hasn't genuinely been good anyway. Mm. All right. So, Jake, so obviously you brought something into the group chat where obviously word on the street is that the Brazilian duo David Luiz and William are leaving Arsenal at the end of the season. Um, I think, but correct me if I'm wrong, David Luiz has been offered a contract, but he refused it. Is that, is that correct, Arsenal guys? Uh, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not, that's not true. true, yeah? Yeah, um, it, was a mutual, it was a mutual agreement that um, basically Arsenal never offered him a contract David Luiz didn't want a contract. They just sat down to have the conversation and then they said, look, we're not going to offer you a contract. And David Luiz was like, I didn't want one anyway. So we were like, all right, cool. Oh, like that. Yeah. Cool. So, so, so yeah, Jake, what, what do you make of it all? Especially William after a year. Yeah, so just to expand on it as well, because the original port was done in The Athletic and it was more about um, the surrounding environment in Arsenal, about how the three major leaders. So you've got Vinay as the CEO, you've got Edu as the technical director, and then Arteta as the manager are all quite inexperienced and that's causing problems, issues. And then it said within that article that alongside Willian and David Luiz, I think it was Xhaka 
Bellerin and I'm going to forget the other one. Leno. 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 Thank you. All wanted out. Um, the William one to me is absolutely laughable because like, he said he signed for Arsenal because of Arteta's pitch to him that he was going to get three years for the Champions League and he wanted to stay in London and now all of a sudden he's just decided, nah, don't want it anymore. <laughs> so we, were, we were having this discussion earlier in the chat about a potential move for him and into Miami seemed to be the main ones, which, I mean, I get that. That's his level, man. Yeah, I do get that. But the problem I find is Willian's on, what, 200 grand a week? Now, if he really wants to move and he really wants to start playing again, that's great. But no one's going to pay him near that. So how are the finances going to work in that case? Because I know obviously like the Ozil one, I mean, the Athletic reported about a month ago that you're still paying 90% of his wages. <laughs> so even if Inter Miami is still making one of the, I think it's like a designated player in their league, you're still going to, like if he leaves, you're still, I assume. Well, but this is what I said in the chat, Jay. If he wants to leave, he has to terminate on contract. But if we want to push him out, like we did with Ozil, then I get we'll pay it. But if he wants to leave, then mm, I, I can't yeah. go and do that Ozil thing again. He has to terminate his own contract. But that, see, I I can't see anyone wanting to leave that much. I mean, if he does, then do you know what? Fair play to him. But the way I see it, because into Miami is a step down. It's a very big step down. That is him going, right, I just want it how, to be... How, how old is he? He's 32. So you think Arsenal was still going to be paying him for another two years. So it's not as if he needs it for the money because he could just stick around at Arsenal. Let's be mm. completely fair there. So if it was him just wanting that game time, as Munu suggests, no doubt it wouldn't be as bad as the Ozil move. But I just can't see a potential move to it, to any club where he's not getting paid off, if I'm completely honest. Boy. So it's going to be interesting, especially with the other players. Like you think... Leno, well, he's your number one. Bellerin, I mean, he's almost a part of the furniture, although I think most Arsenal fans want him to go. Yeah, I think Bellerin was already sort of that that had been decided. He was meant to go, he was meant to go last year. Arteta said to him, Oh, can you stay for another year? I think it had already been decided that he was gonna it was gonna go. It was just a case of trying to find cover at the moment. Um the right back situation, they've been looking to get a right or scouting for right backs since last year. So the Bellerin issue is not it's not too bad. They've probably that's probably gonna be priority coming into the summer. They're gonna get a right back straight away because they know who they want. Um I think we're in the attacking positions is where we're gonna have a little bit of an issue. Um just for the sheer fact I think midfielders were sort of weird. we don't know what we need. Um we don't know who's going and we don't know what we need. Attacking position, sorry, like strikers, we need we need someone that's gonna score 20, 30 a season. That's not easy to find as well, especially in the market. We and again, we're not offering Champions League football, and we're broke. So right now, Olarim Balogun, step up, bro. This this is. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think obviously he's going to be on the on the fringe. He's going to be a fringe player. Um, I think obviously we're going to try and make money off the sales of Eddie. Um, Willick is going to make a bit of money now because. Or they might say Willock might stay, but Willock, if he goes, we'll make a little bit more money now because he's he's hit form um, in the Premier League, which mm. which is good for him actually. I'm pr- proud of him to be fair. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of a waiting game to see what goes on in the transfer. I think this is one of the biggest transfer um, periods for, for Arsenal. Isn't it? Yeah, for a while. 
I'd 100% agree with that. I really would. I think the way Arsenal have been, because I think the summer window has obviously been quite bad, but then the January window wasn't too bad. Like Matt Ryan, you knew what he was. At least he's a serviceable backup keeper. Odegaard, for whatever you say about his performance levels, that was a big signing, I thought. I thought that was genuinely a show of ambition from Arsenal. Yeah, I think the way it seems like Arsenal this summer transfer window, like you say, like they're going to be struggling for those big signings, so they're going to have to almost operate on the edges. Like they have to be creative, man, because there are there are you know players elsewhere, like in the smaller leagues. If if your if your scouts are up to par, well, that, you know? that's an issue in itself, isn't it? Because when they did their big redundancy period, they sacked most of their scouts. <laughs> So I, I completely agree with Mitch. This is a ma- this is a massive one for Arsenal because there's not a, ma- a big offering on the table, but the longer they're out of European football, the harder it's going to be to get in. So I think next season is a big opportunity for them where they won't have these midweek games to really focus. Like Arteta can do a lot more tactical work, really get his message across because by all means he still seems to be liked in the dressing room. So. It, it, a, it'll be massive, but they've got a sign right. They can't afford slip slip ups. That's a great segue because I was gonna talk to Monyo about that. Like, what's what's actually the word from the Arsenal camp and wanting to get rid of Arteta at the end of the season? I mean, even if that happens, who would you want to bring in? I mean, I can't really answer that for you because I've said to you or many of you guys that Arteta's not going anywhere. Um, you might want to ask Tab that question, and he's the Arteta <laughs> out camp. I'm not Arteta. Out. I'm just like. He ain't going nowhere. Like that, that's what we need to understand. Even with the results, you think like you look at Chelsea and what they did with Frank. Um, you see other clubs just they get rid of the managers after poor performance. And I tell you, like my dad says, a yes man. He won't challenge the board. The board would be just cut. Uh, the board, uh, yeah, Andy. Like he's not going <laughs> it. All right, talking about your board, though, uh, Muno. Um, Spotify CEO uh, said he played he. Um, yeah, Offered so peas, isn't it? You but, yeah. in, but they're, they're saying um, it's been rejected, more or less than rejected. Um, mm. I think the reason was something about they've got enough money. Yeah, don't they, we don't we don't need the money. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, mad. So who knows? Like, obviously, our boy Shalom, our financial advisor, isn't here today. But he normally says, he'll probably say they can't say yes straight away. There's probably going to be some sort of um, negotiating. And it's it's not... It's not obviously, uh, oh, I put a bid in. Yes, no. It's obviously going to take some time. I think as Mitch was just finishing saying there with Jake, it's going to be a big summer with transfers and what happens on the board. We've got the fans coming back into the stadium. I wouldn't be surprised if I see some sort of demonstration in the ground or outside the ground again. Mad. All right, man. Let's finish off with your neighbours then, um, who are currently in limbo as, as they are not really playing for anything other than a Europa League or a UEFA conference place battling it out with Everton and West Ham um, yeah I mean it's, it's what you said me. you said it before we um, we went on today they, oh no you said it in this episode sorry you, they make up the numbers like so what are they really doing that's that's generally my point this is why I said uh, Tottenham in it but I think Ken asked the question earlier, like, what are they missing? Like, what are they missing? Because on paper, they've got good players, but it just doesn't seem to click. And sacking Jose, I mean, we can be on this conversation again, but it just didn't make any sense. 
Tottenham, obviously, I've, 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 I've got my Arsenal hat semi on. Well, yeah, what, what, do, what do people think, man? Like, what on paper, Tottenham, you know, man for man, player for player, they look like they're, you know, a bona fide team, but it's just not clicking. They need inspiration, man. It's like, yeah, some sort of inspiration of where I always had my questions about Jose just on the way he plays stylistically more than anything. And I think Spurs just need a, an inspirational manager who could come in, instantly demand respect, but will play in a positive way. I want to say like a, some version of Klopp, of um, Nagelsmann, those sort of coaches. So, yeah. I was about to jump in there and say, it's not no Joseph, but you said positive. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I honestly think, man, whatever coach is there, like, I, I, these players, they just look uninspired, man. And like, not, I maybe we, Spurs, maybe they're not as good as we think they are. Apart from Harry, of course. And so I feel like the Spurs situation is just a key example of like, the grass ain't always green on the other side. I think um, Poch is, Poch was, I know he had a bit of a shaky end to his, um, his tenure, but he was perfect for them still, I believe. And I think that, I think if he was given um, back in the, in the transfer window, he probably would have been able to sort of re, like reset the team. They're just going through a massive transitional period at the moment, and I just feel like they're they're just they're just stuck at a crossroads at the moment. They have no transition period. I heard that before, bro. Like, that's what I'm saying like, <laughs> that for four seasons now. And that's the thing when you said that. A good point about um about Pochettino because I, I I said this when he got when they got rid of him and they got Jose. I saw Spurs more of a threat under Pochettino than. <laughs> but, 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 but to me, like, I, I know I, I doubted Mourinho anyway, but it, they've shown ambition, if you know what I'm trying to say. Okay. No, I get it. They, they're, they're not wrong for getting for him. Definitely but not. I mean. But I just think, yeah. for the, like, the second best manager in, Hindsight, in like, it? years, bro. So it just didn't click. Yeah, that's the issue. It didn't click. So they, they need to find a solution somehow before, once again, we'll be talking in two years' time about Kane or slash this first team winning nothing. And it's the cycle goes on, man. So, what one for um, Endombele? Because ever since Mason's been in charge, he's not really been starting, starting games like that. What's 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 the, what's the issue with him? The question could be: Does Mason even know what he's doing? He starts <laughs> he starts Harry Winks in the final, but doesn't even start him in the Premier League. So, and then plays um, Gareth Bell, who's scored in every game since he's been playing in the Prem, but not in the final. He's yeah, he's get him out of here, Joe. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> And to be fair, if I'm if I'm Daniel Levy right now, the person I'm really lining up for the job is Potter from Brighton. Yeah. If they're smart, shout, shout. Because Brighton, like you look at the numbers, they've been playing like a top ten side. They literally just can't finish their chances. So if you yeah. give Potter's system to Kane and Son, the only issue I can see is obviously with a jump like that, you're dealing with a lot more ego, and that's where. A lot of the job comes into it, doesn't it? It's balancing that dressing room a lot more. Yeah. I don't be surprised, yeah. Don't be surprised if you see Spurs going the United route and grabbing Parker, man. Again, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't. Do I don't think surprised. that's a, well, an awful shout, too, personally. He's, he's had experience now, to be fair, Parker. Yeah. No manager wants to go to Spurs, apparently. They can't actually attract the best. So they have to go for one of those like yeah. project works, kind of the managers personally. They're a top team that can't attract the best, so you have to hope these players, you know. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's tight. We have an NFL stadium. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> let's head over to the bar, man. It seems like um, bartender's not going to be that busy today. 
But Monya, nah, run it, bartender, run it, run it. Oh, you got uh, one, yeah. Nah, let's let's, let's go to Monya first. Um, yeah, what man, shot are you taking? I've got, I've actually got two shots, man. Um, firstly, my first shot, there's going to be one Arsenal related one, and um, and one non Arsenal one. I just want to say, first of all, shout out Leicester Football Club. Um, it's the magic of the FA Cup, man. Like, what a result for them. The fans must be buzzing. Who would have thought that they would be saying they're Premier League winners, their first ever FA Cup? So shout out to them, man. Like, um, keep doing what you're doing, just making football what football is. Um, you can't expect some things. Second shot, um, Louise. I mean, it, it could be five shots, but yeah, Louise, um, William, Xhaka, Bellerin. Unfortunately, Leno. Um, yeah, man, if you might need something to pack your bag, shout me in it. So... Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kenna. Yo, three shots, line them up. One, mm. Thiago, bro. Another controller masterclass today. You'll laugh, West Brom, but you gotta do what you gotta do. My second one, Trent, bro. Again, showing Southgate how it's done, man. So I think he has to be on the plane now. Bro, that that that, that Euro shake has, has, has rattled him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on the plane. Absolutely rattled him. He's, he's crazy. Whether he plays or not, it's a different mm. story in it, but he's on a plane. But yeah, it has to be. Um, and then the final one, of course, my my goalkeeper, Alisson, man. Um, I think most people seen the interview as well, dedicated to to his dad who passed away um, recently. So yeah, shout him, man. He's gone yeah. through a tough time and just to crown uh, it off. I'll take that Alisson shot as well, man, with you, man. Shout out, Alisson. Um, let's lock it off then, man. Of course, remember to follow us on our socials, Varbar Pod on Insta and the Varbar Podcast on Twitter. We are also on YouTube, the Varbar Podcast. Subscribe, hashtag, whatever, like, share. Uh, my name is Andrew, aka Rapping Drew, and we out. Peace. Peace. See you later. Easy. Hey, Kyle.